0: This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting
1: Network. going to get the belt.
0: Disclaimer, the voices and opinions from this podcast do not represent the teams or organizations employing the hosts or special guests. OIW Podcast Network broadly brings to you the mascot support group podcast energized by Ultra Energy
1: ladies and gentlemen mascot nation welcome back to the furriest and the fuzziest show on the web i am one of your hosts jmb as you can see it is now trademarked uh and i am from the great lone star state of texas and so, but today i'm actually wearing my la magic johnson jersey because there's no magic left in the dallas cowboys uh and we are not going to super bowl anymore We're going tank ball, so everybody get the towels. We're going tank ball. We're tanking. That's where we're going. But anyway, joining me tonight, as always, are my co-hosts from Florida, Charlie Irvin, North Carolina, Crystal from the coast. And tonight, our special guest is the president of the National Mascot Association, and she calls herself the Queen of Fuzz
0: Miss
1: Jennifer Smith,
0: thank you. <laughs> Why? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. For and well, as we all know, right now, time of recurring It is a holiday season. So right now, um, Matt Matt is getting ready for his holiday special. That's going to be on his Instagram. So Marty Monster is going to be um preparing for a fun holiday show very soon and Lucas has to do some holiday stuff as well but make sure that, um they, they will be with us next year this is our final episode of 2022 so before we go into our interview this evening we're going to announce the w- w- winners of the first round for masca of the year so, when it came to the match, uh, Bucky versus Big Al. Big Al was the winner, advancing. For I was the gonna Oli- keep rolling. Ollie the Otter um, uh, wins over Wooly Bull. Wow. For the Battle of Texas. Pick the kangaroo. Yeah. it. Tex Hooper. Wait, hold on. I have my background. I have my towel. Wait, wait, the
1: freaking towel. Just like we did
0: last week. Yeah. <laughs> um Bowie beat Boomer.
1: Wow. Rookie beats the veteran. Wow. Oh.
0: Swampy beats uh beat Tampo.
1: Wow. Mm, it's a close match.
0: Stuff was over Dinger. Wow. Boomer. Sorry. Bernie over Scrappy wow. and Buddy versus Swish.
1: yeah that, that match with Stuff is tough it's hard to go against the Dragon
0: so so round two it's going to be Big Al first Ollie the Otter Kick the Kangaroo first Bowie wow. Swampy first Stuff and Bernie first Buddy the buff- Puffin it's going to be posted this week, time of recording. And remember, it's only up for 24 hours. So make sure you guys are following the mascot support group on our Instagram page. So you'll be able to cast your votes. And of course, uh, after we finish these rounds, we're going to give you guys all the other fun categories. So with that being said... Does anyone want to say a few things for the holidays before we move on real quick?
1: What about the holidays?
0: Um, favorite food.
1: Um, pretty much anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was saying cookies, um, hot hot chocolate.
1: My dad and my aunt just did some, uh, just did some baking this week. And, um, They bake some good stuff every year. They bake some uh, caramel popcorn, uh, some fudge, uh, some uh, snickerdoodle and cowboy cookies. And um, I think they're also going to make some brownies. So uh, lots of good stuff. Lots of good stuff at Christmas time.
0: Yeah, for me, potato lockers. Potato lockers. Boy, how much I love them. My mom makes the best. So... Anyone else has a favorite holiday meal, holiday snack, food?
2: My mom makes a, I don't know what the origin of wassail is, maybe German, but she makes a holiday wassail that is warm and comforting that I really like, but she never seems to make it any other time of the year. Um, But I wanted to say one thing that I'm really looking forward to, which is a really simple thing, but me and my mother, who doesn't get around so great, um, we're going to hop in the car. Uh, probably Thursday or Friday, and drive around some of the neighborhoods that have awesome lighting, light displays. So I'm really excited. We get our hot cocoa and, and just kind of drive. I get online and kind of get the lowdown on where the who, which neighborhoods have the best lights. And we just drive and blast Christmas music and drive and look at the lights. And it's a really good time, really simple, fun. And I'm looking forward to doing that towards the end of this week.
0: Anyone else? All right. With that being said, I think it's time for our interview. Like we like Joseph said, um I would guess um sh- she is the president of the National Mascot Association. I met her um during the pandemic Zoom calls with Glenn Street and Mascot You. She is a big su- big supporter of the mascot Hall of Fame, and she is known as the Queen of Fuzz. Jennifer, welcome <laughs> to the podcast.
3: Oh, gosh, thank you so much. That's a great introduction. <laughs> yeah, I'm the Queen of Fuzz at Avant Garb. We make big mascots and big costumes and also really big puppets or sometimes awfully big puppets um, and big be- be- because we make mascots, I started to get concerned about mascot safety because there was no, I just am concerned. You know, when we are making mascots, we're always thinking about the safety. You know, if, if the shoes are too heavy or too floppy or there's no vision or there's no, ventil- you know, where's the ventilation in the head. Um, the time that a mascot performer sh- can be out, out and about and there were there was nothing out there nothing 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 so we just put together some very basic um, rules and regulations me and a few people who know about mascots and we got in touch with the sports sports doctors uh, or there's a whole sports sports um, medical world in Indianapolis. And uh, so we got in touch with a couple of of the people there and they helped us put together this, uh, the the just basic standards for mascot performer safety for both the mascots and for the uh, teams, schools, uh, corporations, events, whatever the mascot represents. um, We wanted everybody to sort of be on the same page and thinking, being concerned about the safety of their mascot, darn it so um that's uh that's where I come from it's uh it just sort of landed in my lap. I kept talking about mascot safety, and people finally said said, "Would you just do something about it So basically, we put together a web page. <laughs> And we have just a you know you can go to the National Mascot Association and see there's there's just a few you know there's just some advice there and sometimes people send us little notes saying we'd really like to have the rules and regs and we or the safety standards or best practices and we send them a PDF document. It's not much of a money making it's a money losing business because you know we just want the word to get out. The money making business is of course the making of the mascots. So at avant garb. So it's kind of a side, a side, a side gig for
0: us. So I say you you talked about the safety mm-hmm. of mascots and 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 one thing we do wonder like a little side note real quick. We want to talk about um looking at mascots on social media because there's been some incidents going on that someone out that someone's out there making fake mascot pages and we just wanted to give you some some tips on what you should look for to make sure that these pages are legit because there is one that's going on right now and it is on twitch and if you are following the um, MASL, I'll look very carefully at those mascots, all we would say.
1: There is also um, on Instagram, we've seen quite frequently with the NHL mascots as well. Um, but right now, I'm gonna go ahead and give you some tips on how to uh, avoid fakes and really what to look for uh, when identifying who's real and who is not. Um, one of the first obvious ones that I think we need to go over, uh, is verification. Now, of course, there are some mascot accounts that are real, that are not verified because you do have to apply for verification. Um, and sometimes you have to have specific, specific follower account, or, you know, you have to be what they want to be verified on their platform. So it's, it's not easy to be verified, but, um verification would be one of those things you need to look for another thing would be to take a look at their following so on places like instagram and twitter you are able to see who they are following and who is following them so take a look at those and so let's say let's go for example um stanley c panther of the florida panthers um you go onto his account and if you do not see the Florida Panthers following that account or any or any of the accounts associated with the Florida Panthers, whether it is players, you know, people on the uh, Ice Girls team or, you know, office, just anyone involved with the organization is not following that mascot or any other mascots are not following that mascot, it's most likely a fake account. You also want to pay attention and look at their posts. Go to their oldest posts and see how old the account is. If it is an account that is just frequently added up, you might want to um, really do some research and dive in to see if the team has promoted that particular social media. Or if the account is a bit older, you want to see uh, their their likes, their comments, their followers. You really want to pay attention to that sort of thing and then i'll go ahead and take uh, a little note from the twitch situation um you want to look at spelling and grammar that is something else you want to look at um you know some people might just naturally be bad spellers but usually when you are communicating professionally from a sports team you want to make sure that you are making sense and that you are thoroughly and efficiently communicating with other mascots fans your organization anybody else uh involved in the league or streaming service just anyone you interact with so those are a couple of things that you want to spot when you are um verifying who's real and who is not again there are some who are not verified and they might be real but just really pay attention
0: So, like I was saying, like, um, the identity of the characters is key um, because we want to be making magic um, for our fans, our followers, and the people that love mascoting, mascots, characters, theme park, costume characters. Like, the identity of those um, characters are important to a lot of people. And one more side note. There is a video um going around of a Avenger Chuck E. Cheese at a sporting event. Like things like that have to stop. Like yeah. those things have to stop. We understand if you're a cosplayer, that's uh, that's fine. And if you're lucky enough to get one of those suits, please give that suit the respect it deserves. No alcohol in hands because that is still a copyright character. So,
1: so usually there is a policy with uh, mascots and alcohol and um, when they are doing meet and greets and they usually have a handler or somebody with them, if a fan is coming up to take a photo and they have like a beer bottle or can or any kind of alcoholic beverage in their hand, they will usually politely ask you to please, you know, not have the alcohol in the photo because they do not market or a mascot does not market alcohol uh, or anything like that. Um, and then, uh, you know, as far as the Avenger Chuck E. Cheese, so I just want to uh, address this with Chuck E. Cheese. There are people that do buy suits off of eBay and get them from private sellers. Um, the Avenger Chuck E. Cheese, the Avenger or any other older version of Chuck E. Um, corporate usually does not really care about unless it is something that is going to damage the reputation of the company, as the case with what just happened recently. Um, as now, especially you know, if that is a newer version of the character, like the, the current version, that can definitely lead to some more consequences as well. Um, now, whether it's older or newer doesn't change the fact that there are going to be consequences here, because it, it, and even. Not just Chuck E. Cheese, but also teams and organizations in any league, major league, minor league, any, uh, can be, uh, you know, their legal teams uh, and corporate can get involved. So please be mindful and be careful and show some integrity to the legacy of the character.
0: So, like we say, we just put that up because that's something that popped to our attention today, time of recording. So now let's move on. Um, like we usually ask a mascot performer how they got bit by the bug. We're going to reword it a little bit. So, Jennifer, what got you into making suits? What got you into um, being a manufacturer? <laughs> well, I, uh, I, you know,
3: sometimes you start a business and you re- you have one idea and it becomes another idea. I mean, you know, you don't necessarily know who your customers are going to be. It's been my experience. And I've talked to some other business owners and they've said similar things that the customer has in some ways written the business plan. Um, I got into making mascots. Well, I was an artist in Seattle in the 70s and there was a group called Friends of the Rag and we all we made costumes, these wild wacky costumes for and wore them all over Seattle in high and low places. Um, one of the first ma- mascots I made was the sexy salmon um, for the opening of the Seattle Aquarium and the because Seattle's known for its salmon, and they were going to have salmon coming back to the Seattle Aquarium to uh uh, hatch their eggs, I guess, but um, to spawn. Well, I made the, so I was, I was thinking about this. I thought, well, I'm going to make the sexy salmon because of all fish people do indeed know that about the salmon sex life, it goes up the, up the river and spawns. It's a big deal. So I made the sexy salmon and it was pretty hot and that was kind of fun. And I said, I, and I just made some wacky costumes and then, I decided to make costumes for theater and that was okay. And then I thought, well, you know what, I want to make costumes for avant-garde theater. Thus, the name avant-garde. Um, but the, the theaters didn't come to me. The <laughs> first a chocolate chip cookie came to me. They, it was a tiny chocolate chip cookie company in Berkeley, California. And uh, they had a They had rented half of a table in the back of the trade show of the dessert and pastry show in in San Francisco and knew they wouldn't get any attention. So I made a giant chocolate chip cookie for them. And it was on the front page of the uh, San Francisco Chronicles that weekend. So I thought this is kind of fun. And uh, the next people to come was Hewlett Packard. And I thought, well, this is kind of fun. Maybe it's not avant-garde theater, maybe it's mascots. And the mascots were just beginning to come in. And this must've been like 1986, 87, probably. So I was one of the first people to start making mascots. And it was totally accidental, really. They were not on my radar until they came knocking on my door. And thank you mascots and mascot performers and teams and corporations for knocking on my door because this has been just delightful. It's just been so exciting to be part of the mascot world but I had no inclination that I would be making mascots. However, if I started with the sexy salmon, I mean, really, where else am I gonna go? So that's um, that's how I got into uh, into the mascot world. I just sort of stumbled into it or, you know, the mascots came and grabbed me and shook me and said, you're it, sweetie. So um, (laughs) then I gave myself the name of Queen of Fuzz, because why not? And, um, you know, we really 1986, 87, you know, really, I had no idea what I was doing. So we've been inventing inventing and also stealing from other mascot makers ideas. Um, you know, When uh, somebody else's mascot happens to come to our studio for a repair, which really doesn't happen too much anymore because we have so many mascots, we don't have time for that. But boy, at the beginning, I would say yes to anybody who said, our mascot needs to be repaired and cleaned. And I'd say, oh yes, please send it by. And I would, we would look all over those mascots to see if they had any better ideas than we did. And sometimes they did. So um, that's how I got into it. And, uh, you know, I guess avant-garde theater has, you know, (laughs) plotted along without me. And I've just really, it's just been, thank you, thank you, thank you, all you mascot performers. And, you know, it just, all of it, it's really been great. But I then began worrying about, you know, the mascot safety. Because you know, I you know, because I love them, you know, and I love the performers, and I just you know, I love the whole scene, and so um, uh, with encouragement from a lawyer buddy of mine and a graphic designer buddy of mine and a few other people who said, you know, if you're so worried, would you please put together a list of of policies and procedures or standards or best practices, whatever you want to call it, so. We started the, the National Mascot Association, and really, it's like me and one other guy. <laughs> That's why I can call myself prez. Um, we voted me in. <laughs> so, so now you know we have a few a few ideas on on um, mascot safety, and we 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 really want uh, mascot programs to pay attention to their performers and for performers to have some idea of, you know, what's acceptable. Um, And so uh, you can go to the National Mascot Association and take a peek. And if you send us an email, we'll send you a PDF with, you know, what we think are good standards. And if you have any suggestions, we would love, we love to hear them. I mean, I, what you guys say is so important because, you know, you're like, you, you're the, you're the experts. I mean, we just make them. We don't have to sweat in them. So, um, that's, that's where I am.
1: Carly, I was getting hungry, like giant chocolate chip cookie, a <laughs> salmon, like
3: God, I'm, I'm, I'm getting appetite over here. Well, you know, oh, have you seen tubby tubby, the, uh, Duke's mayonnaise, the unhinged mayonnaise jar. That's yeah. us. <laughs>
2: he was on mascot news one week for us we i featured him as one of the new mascots one week that's you guys
3: yeah that's us well the the ad agency gave us a little drawing and then you know we kind of and they kept calling (laughs) he kept saying he's the unhinged (laughs) jar of mayonnaise I mean, it was all just so much fun. That was such a fun project. So, so, so much fun. Yeah, they I said, we want it bigger. Story. And we said, if you make it bigger, you can't get through a door, you know, which is you have to give this kind of information because <laughs> nobody <laughs> thinks about that. And they say, they said, oh. <laughs> so that's
2: a great segue into my question actually. Uh, so I have a theater background as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I've got a kind of a two-fold question um stepping back um so i many of us have designed costumes for halloween and parties and different things can you kind of walk us through the cliff notes version of how the mascot process is? i mean someone comes to you with an idea um and then i imagine there's napkin sketches that they bring you can you kind of walk us through from from initial meeting to Mm -hmm. uh, delivery of the suit, the cliff notes kind of like layman's version of mascot creation?
3: Well, sure, there there are many ways to, well, actually there there are many ways for it to go, but um, lots of times we, not lots of, I would say maybe a fifth of the time we get a call or an email or something saying we need a mascot we don't know what it is (laughs) and they truly don't so you know that's that's hard because we you know we have to just kind of pull out pull it from them you know well if you're thinking of a mascot you must be thinking of something so um and and soon and they are you know they're just kind of embarrassed you know they have this this idea but they don't want to seem creative because that's putting themselves out but um, usually they have some sort of idea of what they want. They have a logo or something, or if they're, <laughs> if they're Duke's mayonnaise, they know they want an unhinged. mayonnaise jar. And, um, I used to way back at the beginning, I would make the designs, but, um, you know, they're, they're, my designs are a little vague. So fortunately I met a guy who really does a great job and I can, um, I can pass pass the pro, the design problems on to him, and he also can, he's also quite articulate. So he also will talk to the client when when he needs to. Um, and so we he makes a design, and generally he's so good that generally it's it he might get it right in the first first time. And but we might have to make a few refinements, like maybe two. He usually gives two designs, and then. <clears throat> Then we send out swatches of fabric because I, you know, mascots are tactile, you know, I want them to, the, the feel of what they are is as important as the look, I think. So uh, we send out fabric swatches and um, when they approve those or, or choose which, which ones kind of sing for them, um, you know, I want it to be an interesting experience for the customer too. Um, uh, then we we start uh, we start making patterns, which I've learned I've learned I'm supposed to call them tech specs now because nobody understands the word pattern, but that's <laughs> in the sewing world, that's what we call it. the shape the shapes that you have to make to make a ball, something round or. We start doing that, and um, it's all—it really is all patterns for us at first. And then we cut, we cut out the foam, and we have various foams that we love for various different things. Um, And uh, we, you know, we're sculpting it. We're making this whole creature that we're, you know, that and there's one moment when I fall in love with it, and that's really kind of great. Up until that, they're all problems at the very beginning. And then when it starts to come together, I am in love <laughs> and it's wonderful. And then we pack it up, you know, we, we finish, we finally finish it. They take us about six weeks to fit, to make, then we're, we just make one of a kind, two of a kind. We think we can count up to three once we made about 10 for the NCAA, but, um, well, we made 10 mascots, but we, <laughs> think we wound up making 12 sets of shoes because we're not that good at counting. Um, anyway, yeah, so then we send it out and we, we watch it live, which is also exciting. Is that a long-winded uh, answer? That's perfect, that's perfect.
2: Okay, mm-hmm. two, two parts to the next one. Do you approach, let's say, a, like do you approach a Duke mayonnaise corporate mascot any differently than you would like a sports mascot and also coming from a more traditional design background for you thought you were gonna make theatrical costumes. What are the skills that are unique to making mascot costumes that you had to learn along the way? So two part question, do you approach different mascots differently? Um, And what are those skills that surprised you as you've gone through your career That maybe because there's probably people out there who there's people that are in fashion, there's people that are in theater, there's you know, but this is a this is a this could be a career for those people who are interested in costuming, um, but they probably aren't teaching mascot making in college.
3: They aren't. They aren't, and which is surprising to me. the The closest probably is I think UConn um, has a puppetry mascot, a puppetry. Uh, major, major. Yeah. But, um, no, there aren't, but this is what I think. This is what I think. I think fashion designers and costume designers for theater have it so easy because they don't have to make the bodies we have. And they don't have to make the heads. I mean, you know, you can put, you can make a hat and put it on a person's head. If you're in theater In, in the mascot world, we have to make the head. And then we have to make the hat and then we have to figure out how to put the hat on so it doesn't fall off. <laughs> and so it can come off sometimes because sometimes a mascot you know, wisely wants to take his, uh, his or her hat off during, I don't know, the uh, Pledge of Allegiance or America the Beautiful or because they see a pretty girl, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, um, we have to make bodies. So it's so much more sculpting than, say, fashion. I mean, you know, we we may and yet we make these fa- we make fabulous top coats and things for these mascots. We made a mascot for Barry University, and um, uh, it's close to Miami. Bucky the Buccaneer, who is the most stylish, fashionable, we call it, we call it mascot fabulousness. He's of of the mascot fabulousnesses. He's the most fabulous. He just, a a pirate, you would think he would just be wearing rags, but oh heavens no. (laughs) He is after all in Miami, so you know. Uh, does that that doesn't really answer the question? I, but not it. It's not a bad answer, I don't think.
2: <laughs> nope.
3: First of all, first of all, um, when
1: I do see a pretty girl, uh, my hat doesn't fall off. I, I just become <laughs> uh, an, an unhinged mayonnaise jar, and uh, also, it also, um, unhinged mayonnaise jar. Charlie, that sounds like my place on Wednesday
0: nights. <laughs> uh, I, th- I th- You know what? I think so. Because <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, just a quick plug. You have to hear JMB pretending to be Triple H on the latest episode of WrestleRage. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, like, we couldn't stop laughing. So, yes, you're definitely a unhatched mayonnaise straw last week
1: <laughs> yes i am an unhinged man I'm sorry it, it, it's just fabulous absolutely mascot fabulousness
3: <laughs> i know mascot fabulousness it's a that's, great thing wait, i mean and, and you that's know what? they're all fabulous i mean they're you know i also think there's no such thing as a bad mascot they're all just amazing i mean i you know i just have this kind of unprejudiced eye towards mascots People say, look at that mascot. It's so raggedy. It's so awful. On the other hand, it's a it's a it's a love, you know, it's kind of soulful and you know <laughs> I don't yeah, love.
0: Yeah, it's I like bird. we have one member in the mascot support group. And his he's known for his work of creating the Springfield Tiger. Um I think he's going to have an amazing career if he decides to go into um mascot and character or creating suits. So um may I was going to say saying this episode is dedicated to him and anyone that wants to become a um manufacturer or designer. So I definitely, definitely
1: agree. I definitely agree because you know uh we definitely have to give you know a big round of applause to our mascot companies as they do an absolute fantastic job you know making us look our best before we go out onto the field or court uh that we're on every single week um you know whether it is uh you know amazing mascots that has made uh you know no pun intended amazing mascots you know like you know sparky of chicago fire bernie of the the Miami Heat, Boomer, the Springfield Thunderbirds, just to name a few, or, you know, even street characters uh, that has made masterful mascots throughout the years. Um, So they are definitely the MVPs when it comes to, um, you know, mascot fashion or mascot fabulousness, as Jennifer puts it. And by the way, I want to use that phrase now. Um, (laughs) But, Charlie, you were – you were telling me a story the other day, and I want you to share it here. You were telling me a story about uh, a donation to a high school. Could you tell us more about that? Because it's very close to home for you.
0: So, um, we all know what happened at Stoneman Douglas. That's all I'm going to say. So, Amazing Mascots um, donated a full mascot suit to them following that tragedy oh. and amazing mascots. We all know the amazing Kelly Frank. She's from South Florida. So that was her community. So, and she wanted to get back. And so what does she do? She made a, a beautiful uh, Eagle for them. So giving back. So, and that's another thing that we all love to do.
1: He's amazing, just like the company.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, but like I would say, what would you say? I know Crystal's was going to be Crystal's new signature question, like Joseph's. So I'll <laughs> let her ask it. So,
2: if you were going to design, if you were going to create, much like the university that you mentioned, Yukon, I believe. So if you were going to create a bachelor's of fine arts and mascot making, what would your curriculum, what would your ha- curriculum have to entail?
3: Oh gosh, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> I have seen some people sort of dying in front of my eyes when they ask me about mascots and I decide to get technical which is really not a good thing because because I think talking about the various qualities of foam is endlessly fascinating. <laughs> the filter foams and the the closed cell foams and you know they're just endlessly fascinating. So you know first would be um, uh, understanding you know the different kinds of foam that you can use to create, a whole character, the body, the head, the helmets. Oh my goodness! Um, I think I would just put that put out. I would. The first thing would be putting together a list of ingredients because this is, um, you know, you can't, you can't um, uh, make a cake without a recipe. So um, I, I'd wanted them to get to widen their their world because I'm sure. M- they don't. Unless you're a puppeteer, you think a little bit of foam, about foam. But um, just to see to see the things that you use, to, tubing that's usually used for I don't know uh, poisonous stuff. I don't know whatever we use this tubing that you know you can't really buy at Lowe's, but you can get from uh, uh, from big online store uh, hardware
2: store.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I guess I would I would start with that, and then um, I I think I would I would do some talking about making bodies. I, you know, I, it's easier to make a body actually than it is to make a head. Now a head is hard. It's really hard. Um, <clears throat> placing the helmet is stunningly hard because you know they people people, darn it, they have to see and then they have to breathe. And, and, but you can't really, you know, you, you have to put all of that, you have to hide all of that and, and make the expression what it needs to be, which is often, as you know, we want it to be fierce. We want it to have game face, but also approachable and friendly. Well, those are two different emotions, but you know, if you're a mascot maker, you have to do it. You have to figure out how to do it, and the performer has to figure. You know, the per, the performer has to figure that out too. So,
2: uh, so year one I, is no, materials. I, year one is materials. Yeah. Year two is the body, and then mm-hmm. advanced mascot three hundred one is heads, mm-hmm. and then I think somewhere in third year you also study expressions. Is what you're saying? Yeah. And fourth year. You create, you create it, right?
3: You create, yeah. Well, you better be start, start trying to create in the first year because it's, it Mm -hmm. takes a long time to figure out how to do it. I mean, you know, it takes a long time. We're making, we're making a, this is a mascot. I thought this is surely, this is going to be that hard. It's just three globes in a vest. We're making a soybean in a soy pod right now. The head's a soybean, the the middle is a being and the bot and the, I don't know, the lower, the waist to the knees is a being. I thought this isn't going to be that hard. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, they're all, they're all they're all a challenge. My goodness gracious. Yes, so I, I think you figured out a curriculum. I guess I, I guess I need to uh, put together a uh, proposal and take it to I don't know, what school? wants? <laughs> Parsons School of Design. There
2: you go. Fashion okay, okay. so
3: boring. Mascots intriguing. <laughs> I mean, no, I love fashion. I compliment people on seams on their coats for goodness sakes. So you know, I'm interested in seams. But
2: um... you mentioned a uh, tailcoat that you made. Um, yes you have like a most unique prop or a, a costume piece that you've made for a mascot that that is, you know, some of your favorites. To make um,
3: We've made a few swords, so let's see as for a prop. I kind of I generally try to discourage props because they get lost so often <laughs> and so easily. But um, and I rarely get asked for ones. This Bucky the Buccaneer did have a periscope, which quickly disappeared. Um <laughs> of course his vision is down here and his eye is up here. His right. real vision is down here, and but his eye is up here. So fi- for him to find the place to put the put the periscope, I think was kind of problematic if he actually saw through his eyes, like many mascots do. Um, that would be better. I yeah, I can't think of any particular prop, but the tail. But Bucky was a big deal for me because of this fabulous. Really, everything was so fabulous. The buttonhole, the buttonholes were big and gold. Oh gosh, oh. so great. Bucky the
2: Buccaneers. We can look that up later.
3: <clears throat> yeah, he rides around in a convertible in Miami sometimes. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, and
0: I say so so. Jennifer, one thing we did um, on, on this podcast segment, like was we did a review on The Masked Singer. So, oh. um, <laughs> um, have you followed the show like
3: a little. I love it when I see it. But I, you know, I just, just don't, you know, I had a friend. I have a friend who who's who's who was, a, who was a big deal in TV, but she never watched TV because she was so busy. <laughs> And I'm kind of the same way. I watch it. I've watched it a little bit and I love it. I love it. I love it. Whoever's doing those things are the, it's an amazing team, I think, but I don't, I, I just don't watch much TV. I'm, I'm real. I'm afraid.
0: <laughs> I guess like that, that's like, my question is like, what's well, like, what's your thoughts on those costumes and like do you think that could be the future of what mascots may end up being
3: do you think well i don't know i i throw that that question back to you guys what do you think
1: Hmm.
2: well
1: go go ahead crystal go ahead no go ahead
2: crystal i think we're seeing you know stuff was one of the ones that came up in our winner's bracket for our first round of mascot awards And uh, we're seeing creativeness outside the mold. The last few years, you know, like it was always bears and dogs and, and now we've got a whole series of kind of alien creatures. We don't really know what they are. And then now the suits are becoming interactive and we've got inflatables. And, you know, I think that we're kind of branching into the next chapter, I think, of mascots, there's a lot of redesigns happening. Um, And, you know, having the suits be interactive. I was in Denver, Colorado last fall. I think it was fall. And they have a city mascot called Wilder. And he's a, not a mountain goat, but in Colorado they have these, oh, he's a bighorn sheep, that's what he is. Ooh. and he is huge the costume itself is giant and he has these huge articulating arms and he actually has a vocal box oh wow um, I don't know if it's recorded or if the performer speaks into a box but he has all these amazing sounds and I was I'm a performer I've seen hundreds of suits and I was mesmerized by this gigantic big horn sheep talking to me so um you know i think we're seeing kind of the next chapter of mascot uh design and it's really exciting and mask mask singer certainly i'm sure is uh mm-hmm. inspiring the creators like yourself
3: oh yeah it's i mean it's it's only good for it's good for all of us i think i think what they do is just inspiring um uh my project manager watches it a lot and she said she's always looking for okay where's the fish in a hole where's the ventilation where's (laughs) and she's sort of and she's able to find them of course yeah there are several
1: mascots and costumes on the show that are very very well made. Like one of them, uh, was the flamingo from season two, uh, you know, seeing how that costume just came together. It looks absolutely gorgeous when it comes out onto the stage or, um, you know, uh, the space bunny who's uh, from season six or seven. Um, he was, um, you know, his head was like bigger than his body. And, you know, that's, that was something that was unique. And, uh, you know, but, but as far as mascots, you know, I think there are several mascots I think you could credit for really the innovation of mascots. And uh, one of those would be, uh, Charlie, you're familiar with this guy, uh, Claw of the Orlando Predators. And the reason why I say Claw mm-hmm. is because Claw is one of the very few mascots uh, that can actually talk to you and, mm-hmm. you know, the way he changes his voice and just how much of the unique character he is, the pyro, and just the over, over-the-top over charismatic personality that he has. Uh, and then, you know, another one would be, uh, of course, you know, Chrisley, you mentioned, you know, all sorts of alien, you know, whatchamacallits that come on the show. Think be the the original whatchamacallit, would be the Philly fanatic. You know, whenever he came around, you know he he was a big green. I don't know what you call it, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> or I guess big green monster. Um,
0: the bird from Calapicos. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there you go. Uh, I I can I cannot use big words late at night. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there are summer mascots. I think they're uh very responsible for what we are seeing now and i'm very looking forward to uh what possible technological advances we're able to make uh I, I think we've seen a few of them you know going forward like uh you know one of our good friends chief he, you know he talked about um what was it virtual charlie's it virtual mascots i think it was
0: yeah so our friend chief um um he he started something using um for y'all chat so avatars
2: Mm-hmm.
0: so and he's been creating a lot of these avatar characters so I'm saying to myself I can see this very soon happening at sporting events for like the big screens mm-hmm. for like um, game day productions so I see that coming as a up and coming feature for mascots and i gonna say you also talked about um, you create puppets um, characters. So, what do you think... You know, I'll classify that as costume characters for theme parks as well. Um, Because we see how theme parks now, the, the, the the eyes move, the mouth moves. There's a lot of moving elements now with those theme park characters. Do you what do you think you see maybe the future do you see anything that you guys doing now that that we may see in the next like five years five to ten years Uh.
3: wait did i okay um i well i i think i think all of this is good i think i think i think that it's as much imagination as we can put out there, these unique visions, I think is good for, I think it's good for mascotting. I think it's good for the traditional mascots. It's good. It's good for um, the, oh, the, the computer generated uh, characters that you, you know, you see all over your screens. Um, I think this is all good. And I, I don't, I the kinds of mascots we make, I'm pretty sure that we're gonna have to be using uh more electronics in ours. I'm I'm t- hesitant to do it because you know I don't really understand it. But um I'm pretty sure that's gonna be happening.
0: Hey guys, I know like, I was like you can go back and you're gonna listen to me interviewed Ken Scott uh on, on I guess but he played Raphael. In the first and second Ninja Turtle movie, and he was telling us all you were hear was, like, and all the uh, sounds of the motors moving.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, and that was in, in, in the early 90s. Right. So, we already seeing how things are evolving, because when you go to those theme parks that have the animatronic um, features, the lifelike features, you hear nothing. Mm-hmm. so yeah
3: so things have really changed yeah yeah i it's exciting i you know change to me change is good so you know if you know if we have to if we have to expand and and mm-hmm. learn then that's well that's great i mean you know it keeps our it keeps our brains fertile so you know we have to i i say rah rah yeah
0: you know what? Walt disney said it best what um disney will never be complete as long as you have imagination <laughs> so oh, <yeah. laughs> so let's go ahead and move on to the national mascot association as we just talked okay. about how you began and mm-hmm. what you see um currently and in the future of mascotting so now let's move on to um something I think that's going to be very big um, going forward. I'm not just saying this because I am am a founding member of the National Mask Association, but it is something that should be addressed. So Uh let's just go from, from the beginning from that all the way to the future.
3: Okay, well... Um so uh, yeah so people started bugging me about um about uh safety you know because I kept talking about mascot safety and nobody and nobody there's there's just nothing written down so um I started the National Mascot Association of which <laughs> I am the prez <laughs> P-R-E-Z. Um, and, uh, and then I have a guy, Nick, who works for me sometimes and a few other people who work for me. Um, but, uh, we, and, and some doctors in Indianapolis who really, who work for the sports, sports medicine people who really put out and, and helped us, uh, with our our safety procedures of course they thought they have since they had never actually been in a mascot and they really know they mostly know athletes they thought it would be okay for people to be in a mascot i think for an hour um and i thought that was a little long although i'm sure most of you have been in a mascot sometimes for an hour and longer than you really wish but um i there there just seemed to be there seemed to be a need and I was concerned. And so we put together a few we call it best, best practices and safety standards. And uh, so um, you can, you, you can send us a note and we will send you a PDF of, you know, what we have it's three or four pages. And uh, we just, we just want the ma- mascot performers and even more than the performers, the people who, um, the teams and the corporations and the events that that really manage the mascot program to understand this, the importance of safety for the mascot. So um, <clears throat> that's that's the National Mascot Association. Nice. Let's see the 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 controversial things is personally I think they should be <laughs> mascot should be in in a, in a mascot costume, 20 minutes and off 20 minutes, which I know is unreasonable, but, um, you know, um, uh, I, most people say, oh, come on, 40 minutes is okay. But, I, you know, the, and the absolute, absolute even more than the 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off, which everybody argues about, um, is always to have at least one handler, at least one handler. At least (laughs) it's great to have. I mean, I'm tempted to say at least two handlers because there should be one person near the mascot and one person at least, at least one person 10 feet away who can warn you of incoming trouble. Um, So uh, those are probably my two things. And then there's a little bit of argument about uh, holding babies. I say never because it just it's just seems like it's people say, well, I'm sitting down. I still feel like holding babies is you shouldn't hold babies. And that's one reason you have to have a handler so the handler can say, no, no, mom, dad, aunt, best friend. You hold the baby and, you know, the mascot will embrace you. But... Um, I think these but the holding babies people don't think about that and handlers they kind of maybe think I like to say you always have to have a dresser because I feel if the mascot has a dress a dresser then that dresser is sort of has to stay with the mascot you know and become a handler I don't know so what do you think handlers um babies So my
1: proposition, you know, when it comes to holding babies, the way that I was trained is if you are going to hold a baby, you are never standing up, never stand up while holding a baby. If you are going to hold a baby, you either have to one, sit on the floor with your legs crossed or Mm -hmm. two, you have to be in some sort of chair you know, mm-hmm. where you can hold the baby carefully. So I think as long as you're following that and you're being safe, then I think it is okay to hold mm-hmm. a baby. Uh, handlers, um, I just want to, of course, right now, I just want to give a shout out to my handlers that I've had throughout my time and they have done an absolute phenomenal job mm-hmm. each and every time that I've been out on the field or, you know, among fans, you know, they always assess the situation correctly. They always know when to keep me safe, when to give me water breaks, when to make sure that I'm getting place to place. Mm-hmm. They, you know, besides mascot costume manufacturers, the, the handlers are the real MVPs oh, of nice. uh, each performance and game day that happens for uh, these characters. Cause they truly help, bring the magic to life while also being able to keep us safe
3: mm-hmm. so. absolutely 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 Yeah, not, really- you know. go ahead
2: i was gonna say for any of our viewers head over to the is it national what's the website jennifer
3: national mascot association.com i know it's it's hard to spell association but you know you'll you'll you only get have to it.
2: put it in once then you star that thing and it's bookmarked forever it's good but head over there i think as performers this is a new organization for me to learn about um as performers i think we should all take a look at these guidelines and uh you know it's probably not a bad thing to circulate around organizations um so everybody head over there to the National Mascot Association website and give a read through these things. And if there's something you really feel strongly about, send in your suggestions. You know, we're an evolving industry and things are,
3: are changing. Um, so that would be wonderful. Wonderful shout out there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yes. Yeah. I gotta say uh,
3: it's, it's the-
0: with Joseph's thing about um, hurting babies, that's mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember that video watching that stuff when I went to Chuck and Cheese. Same thing. That he said, sit down, crisscross applesauce. <laughs> yeah. So, and take the photo. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I agree. You if you're standing, don't hold a baby. Don't take the okay. risk.
3: Foam, um, fat, big hands. Oh gosh. Sweaty hands. Sweaty hands. Babies.
1: I think something else that I want to address with holding babies is you got to make sure that the baby is like calm and that they are, you know, like, okay to be held because I hate it. And I've had this happen several times where I will sit down and I'll have the baby in my arms and they're just kicking and screaming and they're just like, and, and yet the parents are not doing anything that they're just standing there trying to get the baby to pay attention to them. And it's just like, what are you doing? They're yeah. literally screaming and crying. and You're saying like, oh, it's okay. Look, look, look how adorable. Uh, no, it's not adorable. If your kid is scared, guess what? It, it doesn't fall on you. It falls on us because it makes us look like the asshole.
3: Well, you know that's why I think it's just saying no babies is the is really good. You know, it's just I just uh, you know because sometimes parents are stupid. You know they they're looking at the mascot. This is a this is a celebrity. Ain't this that the truth? Fanatic, it's a celebrity. I want my the Philly fanatic to hold my baby. No. <laughs> He's too much of a celebrity. He doesn't do that. I mean, oh gosh, no. Even on the floor, you know, even sitting down, even, uh, it just seems like those babies are so squirmy and slippery and they're close. You know, they, uh, I have two grandbabies. I know they're squirmy and slippery and slippery. So how
2: willing people are, you know, People are so worried about their children and they're like, germs and mm-hmm. the alcohol swab, the baby in alcohol liquid, you know, and right. but they will hand them over. I know with these furry, dirty paws. Yes. But yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. Can you talk to us about some of the goals moving forward of NMA? And like, you guys have been around for what a year.
3: Oh, we've been around for we've been around for a while. You know, I think I don't know, Charlie, when did you start talking to us? Like five years ago, maybe?
0: No, no I no, I think the first one was literally it was, it was only two years, really. The first time I saw you was during Glenn's Glenn's um Zoom. Oh,
3: okay. Well, Happy we, hours.
0: We'll, I know, we'll, you know what? COVID really changed everyone. Yes. Like, wait, like, like where I work, I was only there for like a few months. And they were like, Charlie, how long have you been here?" I was like, "Only, only since like August of 2021." They're like, really? really? like you've been here much longer. <laughs> like, you get it? It's like COVID definitely changed everyone's timing. So.
3: Well, we've been around, for, we've been around for a while, but um, a f- I think more than two years. It's just, you know, it's like, it's like a side gig for us because avant-garde takes really all of our time. Um, so it's kind of a side gig, but I think what, I think what we have out there and available, at least it starts the conversation and it, it makes people aware that, well, there should be a handler. I mean, yeah, people like rent rent rent. Um, uh, bunnies and stuff for easter easter things my my daughter's my daughter goes to one of those big churches and they had a big easter thing with a bunny well i'm her i'm my i'm my daughter's mother (laughs) and so there's she sees that the mascots have been out there for like a half an hour and there's nobody around and she's just kind of running around and bringing them into the kitchen and saying you need to be able to you need a rest (laughs) You know, they they put these they put these poor members of the congregation who have never, ever, ever, ever been in a mascot. And it's a you know, it's a crummy little crummy bunny bunny from a costume shop that probably doesn't even have a ventilation hole in the head. And and they sort of ignore them and say, you know, play with the kids. And my my daughter's, you know, kind of saying, okay you're a handler for this one and you're a handler for that one because we're going to get sued. Somebody's going to die. So anyway. Yeah, uh, I do. Get ten, I am I am I ten, just having a temper tantrum here about handlers?
0: No, because <laughs> the thing is, um, we are planning an episode. We're oh, going to bring. We're, we're, we're trying to bring in some of the big, you know, some of the top handlers. Oh, that
1: would be great! In in, in
0: in the business today, so if you are a handler in a in a in a, in a majors. MLB, minor MLS, Minor League and you've been doing it for a while please let us know so we can plan this episode because we are planning on bringing someone in that um has been a hand that's handled one of <laughs> the best MLB mascots out there. A champion. A, a, cha- a, a word series a, a champion recent handler. Recent, a
2: recent champion.
0: Appreciate you. So, so he's planning on being on the podcast. We just have to wait for him to finish his applications. Then we should be having him on.
3: Cool. it's an important
2: uh, topic for us and for the industry. So thank you for, you know, making that a priority with national mascot associations and sharing that pdf that you speak of it's people have no idea how much better it makes the experience of being a performer when you have a handler it just makes a world of difference um because then you can focus on on what you're actually there to do and know that someone's got your back and they're watching out for you and you know because there's so many things going through your head when you're in a suit um so just having that person to have your back and remind you, hey, you've been in for this long, because you can't, unless you got a really amazing prop watch, you know, you've covered it up.
3: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they, yeah, they need to, they need, they need to do that. You know, it, it's, it was one, I went to a, a basketball game, the Pacer, uh, Pacers, you know, whenever I want to go, I give Boomer a call. Um, <clears throat> And I watched, I watched Boomer, who's amazing. He's just he's an amazing performer and an amazing man. I adore the guy. And I watch him really go from handler to handler. You know, he has there, he has, he must have six at least. He's just, and he really, He's going there. They're just right there where he is. It's incredible.
1: All right. Um, so, um, usually I give my signature question here and I word it in a way to performers. Uh, but tonight um, we're going to do it just a little differently. You
0: know what? You know what Joseph? Yeah. I think I know how he how set this up. How's that? Oscar style.
1: Ah, Tony okay. style. I see. I see. You
0: know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. I mean, cause we're, we're learning things tonight. I mean, we're, we're learning, you know, how to create, you know, the characters that we love. We're learning, you know, how to keep each other, you know, our mascot brethren, you know, safe. And, uh, you know, I also learned, you know, what to say next time I see Jacksonville and Speedo. I can just say <laughs> he's absolutely fabulous, just looks absolutely fabulous.
3: He does. Uh, <laughs> you know, definitely. I- uh, in, <laughs> he deserves to be the mascot of the year just for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like,
3: exactly. Thank you very much, Jackson.
1: Exactly. But um, in all seriousness, Jennifer, uh, I, just, you know, I do want to say, you know, thank you so much uh, for joining us tonight as you are one of uh, the finest and classiest women in our industry. Uh, oh and it was an absolute <laughs> pleasure to have you on tonight. Um, and, uh, you know, you s- call yourself the queen of fuzz. You know, but I think there's another nickname for you that I think you should consider. And that is the mascot godmother, because you have created (laughs) so much magic for so many people, you know, and, and like just your contributions within the industry mean a lot, you know, whether they are big or small, they absolutely go a long way because it's not just a bookmark. It's not just a thumbprint. It is... In overall, just it, it's just a overall, you're leaving a legacy that I think others are going to take after. And, um, Charlie, you can go ahead and set up uh, this closing question.
0: So, you want me to go ahead and do it the way I have in my mind? Yeah. But, but first, like you, you say, you call her go- the, go- the godmother of mascotting. And yeah. all that <laughs> right, you know if you think about it. Um they when like t- you're talking about the 80s.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: One person that always came to mind, the Hansons, James Hansen.
3: Oh, yeah. oh yes, 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 So
0: he's the king.
3: He is the king.
0: When it comes to creating these characters and his yeah. family. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes, sir. So. So and and now we, and now we found um, the, the godmother uh, 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 of the industry. Oh, so they, I, I wish Lucas was here so he can do his voice over of doing this. And the award for best costume sign and a mask and a corporate character goes to Jennifer Smith, the queen of fuzz. <laughs>
1: <laughs> unhinged massive uh, unhinged mayonnaise shark
3: <laughs> yes dukes <laughs> well thank you thank you thank you this was just magnificent thank you so much for inviting me
0: so like i said like it's things all around Yes. so Delightful. with with that being said, thank you guys for listening to this episode. I want to think of a great way. This, this is the last episode of 2022. So let's real quick. Real quick. 2023 rev- uh, revolutions. But I'm not calling them new Year resolutions because if you say that they don't last. So 2023 goals JMB
1: uh for me it's just to uh you know after an amazing rookie year uh in the mascot industry I'm ready to uh take that next step and to uh to continue to um make my mentors and um, my organization and, and many others proud. Irvin? um uh, a lot of things there's a lot of things in my mind. Uh, graduating high school, that's a big thing. Um, being with the minor league, continuing with my minor league baseball team, uh, supporting my family, um, so many big things.
0: You know, what? I, I, I I have one for you, but I think we need to save it for college night.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You
0: know, I, mean, I would just do a cliffhanger. Your 2023 college is blank.
1: We don't oh. know. It's our little boys growing up, Charlie. So
0: <laughs> Crystal.
2: Um, mascot
0: related, my my New Year's. What did you call them? Um goals. I'm not gonna be New Year's resolutions because those only last like three okay. weeks.
2: Okay, yeah. My goals. Um, I would really I just relocated back to my home state and so I would really like to meet more of the mascots in my region um, I really want to get out and uh, and visit uh, some of the teams in the northeast yeah. um, I'd like to head out to some of the greater areas of of my state and um, attend some more games. Uh, and uh, add some more sports. I've never been to an NFL game. I've never been to a professional, like an indoor soccer game. So I want to add some more of those sports. And as far as uh, suits and, and mascots go, I'm I would love to get get involved uh, with a team here in this new home of mine. So um, those are, I guess, my my uh, my goals for next year.
0: Crystal? I mean, Jennifer?
3: My goals. Well, you know, I claim mascots bring joy to the world. And I think that's a, you know, this, here we are in the Christmas season, joy to the world. So I guess my, my goal is to continue bringing joy to the world because gosh, you know, what a gift. What, I mean, just, I'm just delighted that you mascots sort of dropped in my lap. You weren't babies though. (laughs) No, I I just, I just want to keep bringing joy to the world.
0: All right. And for me, the typical um, lose weight, (laughs) be healthier, um, get that gig. (laughs) So continuing mentoring people, seeing them grow. Helping people out. With that being said, uh, most likely I can I can guess, um, Matt, M- Marty Monster, Julius, um, their their goals. Joseph, do you think you think do you have an idea what their goals will be?
1: Uh, honestly, you know, uh, from what I understand, it's just uh, Matt is going to eventually introduce us to a new character um hopefully this next year so uh i think i think just continuing uh to um you know make waves in the puppet community and you know maybe to go uh you know maybe even visit you know sesame workshop or you know someplace like that i think would be a goal of his
0: i'm gonna say oh yeah this one go for us You know what that is? What's that? The mascot support group podcast live. Oh, there we go. So, and that may happen. Um, Because we know there's talks um, with the OIW podcast network that Wrestle Rage is going live. Maybe next year. So if that's the case, if they're going live, we go in live too. We're going to be going with them.
1: I would love to do mascot support group live. You know, maybe Wrestle Rage, but you know, I'm a little, I'm a little bit hesitant with Wrestle Rage because I feel like that would just be an opportunity for you and Curtis to choke slam me through a table with my dumb for my dumb takes <laughs> that I have on the show. So just Honestly. don't 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 hurt me, champ honestly um one of my goals also is to actually reunite like literally everybody and do an episode all together it would be kind of cool that's what we just said <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> pretty, pretty much,
3: much. Carly, you're out. wearing the national mascot association t-shirt yes, look at you oh yes Oh. Yes, I am. oh.
1: <laughs>
0: so with that guys thank you so much make sure you guys are following us on social media um, On Instagram, the mascot support group. On TikTok, the mascot support group. Yes, we're, st- we're still on Twitch for now. Na- I mean, sorry, Twitch mascot support group. We're- for now, we're still on Twitter. We don't know how much longer, but we're still on Twitter as support mascots. So ha- have a wonderful um rest of the year. Have a wonderful, safe new, new year. Have a safe holiday season. Happy Hanukkah. This is night three, time of recording. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Or any celebrate you, holiday you uh, celebrate this time of year. And we'll see you guys on another free adventure in 2023. Let us know what you like, guys. So, like to hear. Have a wonderful 2022.
1: Happy holidays. We're going tag ball. Yeah.